All right, ladies and gents, Josh here from Jackass Philosophy. As always, today we're going to be talking about Socrates and cancel culture. I just want to forewarn you guys that this is going to be a really hard topic to talk about. We're going to be diving into really deep shit, and you guys better buckle up. Buckle up, buttercup. We're going to be talking about some really hard stuff, and we're going to try to figure it out all together. So how does Socrates, how does this guy, the father of philosophy, relate to cancel culture? Well, it's kind of a long story, okay? Socrates, back 2,000 plus years ago, was this dude. He was walking around Athens. And this dude, Socrates, was the know-it-all in class that nobody liked, okay? And what do I mean by that? I will explain. So here's what's going on. Ancient Athens, a whole bunch of people are idiots. I'm talking every single person in Athens is really, really dumb. And guess what? That was perfectly normal back then. It was perfectly normal to be an idiot because they didn't have public schools. They didn't have any kind of form of formal education unless you were, you know, one of the bourgeoisie, as Karl Marx would say. But anyways, like, it, it, there's a whole bunch of dummies, okay? And back in the day, some of the first ever people to ever teach were called sophists, okay? And these sophists would teach you anything. They'd teach you how to read, how to write, how to tie your shoes, how to pretty much do mathematics, anything you want. They would teach you. They were pretty much the college professors of the day. So anyone could walk up there and be like, hey, I want to learn about how to read. And they'd be like, all right, pay me. So they were some of the first ever teachers ever, 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 ever to do that. Now, with them having all that power in terms of influencing people, of course, power kind of corrupts sometimes. So they were in this great big position of, man, I am hot shit. I can start talking about anything I ever want. So they'd start talking about shit that they had no idea about. Kind of like our politicians nowadays, okay? Our politicians nowadays try to think that they know everything about science when in all reality, they're very mediocre lawyers. Kind of the same thing with these sophists. I'm getting off track. Anyways, so these sophists, okay? They would start making these claims about ethics, making these claims about politics. And it just wasn't, it wasn't the right they were it wasn't their area of expertise so it just didn't make sense but since everyone back then was idiots everyone kind of believed them it was just kind of a weird weird time okay so socrates was this dude he was probably really smelly kind of homeless looking um he was actually in the military most of his life so this military man he was walking around and he wanted to start talking to people and with him talking to people, he wasn't just saying, hey, how's it going? He was like, hey, what are your views on politics? And of course, as everyone knows, you don't talk about politics with people. That's just an example. In all reality, he went up to these sophists and started talking with them first about things they were very familiar with. And then he would turn into talking about things that they were less familiar with. And in doing so, he would constantly ask questions. And when he'd ask all these really tough questions, all of these sophists would end up talking themselves in a circle and end up not making sense. So with him doing that, all the idiots in modern day Athens, modern day Athens, just kidding, not modern day Athens, ancient Athens would see Socrates making the sophists look like buffoons. And they'd be like, wow, this guy Socrates is great. So all the young people of ancient Athens would start following Socrates and they'd stop paying the sophists. And of course, the sophists were business people. And once you start, inf once you start messing with big business, they get really upset. So of course, they had to go off and cancel Socrates. 
And that's where our story starts, okay? We're starting with them trying to cancel Socrates because he interfered with their cheddar making. So this story is about the story of the Apology. And the Apology in ancient Athens is nothing like the Apologies we have today. The Apologies we have today are much more of like, I am, I am very um, regretful for what I've done. Back in the day, apologies were literally defending yourself. So if you were in ancient Athens and you were doing an apology, you were defending yourself in most of the time in court from accusations, okay? So that's where Socrates is at. So the apology. Sophus essentially put Socrates on trial and Socrates is standing there in front of about 500 people in the court, okay? And this is the first go of democracy. No, there's no women. No, there's no children. I mean, it's the first. It's it's the prototype of democracy. Let's not let's not get too too rattled in the details. Okay. So 512 men, probably property owning. Anyways, so they're all around. Okay. Socrates opens up, and he starts talking, much much like I'm talking to you guys today. Hey guys, here's what's going on. All right. I'm on trial, and I'm really sorry if I do not talk like all these other aristocrats okay i'm just a normal guy but here's my side of the story and the reason he opens up that way is because prior to going into this courtroom or courtyard or whatever um there was a lot of slander going on a lot of people were hopping on this bandwagon of i hate socrates so socrates really had to overcome some humps to essentially win this court case because if not if he didn't win this court case he would die kind of big stakes if you ask me so he says hey man look i'm like all y'all but let's go back to the beginning why did i start questioning these sophists to begin with it all started with his friend okay so his friend i forgot his name at the moment but it was something very ancient greeky okay he goes up to the oracle delphi now the oracle delphi oracles back in the day there were these probably women with schizophrenia on top of a mountain giving prophecies to whoever the fuck walks up to this mountain and his friend walks up there and he's like oh um oracle oracle on the hill who is the smartest one in athens i think he said wisest not smartest okay who's the wisest one in athens and the oracle probably like says some weird shit to him that doesn't make any sense and then she says one thing that's probably kind of coherent and says that it's socrates and his friend is like oh man that's kind of crazy I need to go tell my buddy Socrates. So he starts click clacking his way down the hill. He goes and finds Socrates. Says, hey man, I got news. Socrates be like, what news you got? Oh, I'll tell you what news I got. I went and talked to the Oracle on Delphi. Oh, the one on the hill? Yeah, the only one on the hill, the only Oracle of Delphi. Okay, so I asked her, who's the wisest one in Athens? Socrates like, hmm, who is the wisest one in Athens? He's like, oh, the Oracle said, you, you are the wisest one in Athens. And Socrates is like, no, that's not me. I'm not the wisest one in Athens. He's like, yeah, you are, you are. Don't worry, don't worry. You, you're the wisest one in Athens. By the way, I need to go fight in a war. Then his friend had the audacity to go on this war and die. Okay, side note. So Socrates tells a story to all these people. And all the people are probably kind of on board. Um, and he proceeds to go on. Now, Socrates is getting accused of two main things, okay? Two things, count them, one, two. He's getting accused for corrupting the youth 
and not believing in the gods. Those are the two big ones. There's some minor ones. Those don't really matter too much. But corrupting the youth and not believing in the gods. All right. So then he brings up this other sophist who it really doesn't matter. I think his name was Melitus or some shit. Something stupid. He was a dummy. So he brings up this dummy Melitus and he says, hey, man, here's what's going on. Look, I don't even know these people. These, these corrupting the youth. I don't even think you believe this. And here's why I don't think you believe this. And then he pretty much systemically, like Socrates does, goes down and says, hey, listen, who's making, he, he starts with the question, who's making the youth better? And then, um, what's his name? Melitus is like, oh, well, these people are. And then Socrates, okay, well, what about the jurymen? And he's like, yeah, the jurymen too. And Socrates ends up naming all these different people in Athens and Melitus is like, just, just so dumb. And he says, oh yeah, all these people make the youth better. And Socrates is like, so I'm the only one that makes things worse? He's like, absolutely. You're the one that's, that's corrupting the youth. And he said, listen, bro, if you really cared about the youth, you'd be thinking about all these other ways the youth is being corrupted. I am telling you this right now. I am not corrupting the youth because personally, I am not doing anything with malicious intent. Okay. These people are just following me because maybe, just maybe, they like what I'm saying more than they like what you're saying. See what I'm saying? Then Melitus is like, oh shit. And then the whole crowd's like, ooh, damn, he got a point. So essentially, Socrates never asked anyone to follow him. Okay, he was just doing his thing, and all these other people were like, damn, all right, I like what you're doing. And then they up following him. He didn't ask for any money, he wasn't doing anything of the sort. But with gaining this kind of traction, it really bothered the people who were making money like the sophists. Okay. Now, number two, the second one is that he didn't believe in the gods. And he still he still has Melitus up there. And this is where this argument goes. He's like, yo, bro, you, if you think I don't believe in the gods, you hella stupid. And he's like, no, you said something and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't align with what the gods say. I think he... I think he said Socrates said something like the the earth is rock and the sun is moon or I don't know some stupid some like dumb and Socrates like look, look bro I was I was uh quoting another philosopher way before us you could find those at a bookstore anyways but listen if you don't think I believe in the gods you are an idiot and here's why you're an idiot I just told you the story about my friend going up to the Oracle of Delphi and saying that I'm the wisest of them all okay all right so who do the oracles talk to? Miletus is like, oh, the gods. He's like, precisely. And the only reason I'm going throughout this journey of questioning people is because I am trying to discover if I truly am the wisest in Athens. Now, it's kind of a cocky, cocky move, if you ask me, by Socrates. But he's like, man, you know, I'm just trying to do God's work, pretty much. I'm, try I'm trying to see if I am the wisest. And if I didn't believe in the gods, I wouldn't be going with the oracle said. Because guess what? I talked to my friend, and my friend talked to the oracle, and the oracle talked to God. So if God told the oracle, and the oracle told my friend, and my friend told me that I'm the wisest of them all, and I go and try to discover if I'm the wisest of them all, I am just listening to God. That's all I'm doing. And there's no way, there is no possible way that I could be doing what I'm doing now or being put in the position that I am right now 
unless I believed in God. Right? I mean, to me, as Josh from Jackass Philosophy, that sounds like a pretty damn good argument. A cocky argument, nonetheless, but a pretty damn good argument. Now the trial ends. The 512 people go off and vote, and I think it was split by 30 votes. 30 votes are the, is the amount that put Socrates to death. Literally, put Socrates to death. Pretty crazy. And like the straight gangsta he is, he said, all right, fine. I respect the decision. I respect the laws that are going on here. I respect the decision that was made for me to be put to death. Put me in chains. Put me in prison. Because guess what? If I can't live in the life I am today, the unexamined life is a life not worth living. Pretty much he said, if I can't do what I'm doing right now, might as well be dead. And then he goes off to prison. Okay. So that's the end of the story. And essentially what happened here was that Socrates was canceled. He was canceled by the citizens, the, the people of Athens, all based on this slander or this canceling that was coming upon the sophists or coming from the sophists. Now, we hear a lot of people say that we are much better than what we were 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, whatever, 100 years ago. But I mean, from this story alone, we can clearly see that we're not. We're still doing the same stuff today. And it's a double-edged sword right now. It's very, we're in a very, very interesting time because the climate we have is much different than Socrates, okay? And Socrates, Socrates' time, when he was going around Athens, you know, doing his thing, Sophists kind of talked to people one-on-one -on -one and tried to build up this narrative about Socrates to get him um, pushed out of society. And that's all canceling is. Canceling, you know, you could put any kind of definition on it, but canceling is pretty much getting rid of behavior that is undesirable within a society, okay? That's, that's what all canceling is. Laws, the reason why we have laws is because we want to cancel certain behaviors. We cannot have murderers going around murdering people. That'd be really, really bad. I think that'd be pretty shitty. So we need, we need to cancel people. However, in the manner that people canceled Socrates, and much like how people canceling people are canceling people today, there it's kind of problematic. And here's how it's problematic, okay? And it's just it's this is all food for thought. So Socrates, he he had, he he was put on trial because the people of Athens were on board with canceling who Socrates is, and unlike today where it's much more of a social cancellation back then he he got canceled and he was put to death for it kind of kind of a big deal but nonetheless a whole mob of people were like yeah you know don't like this guy let's get rid of him today we do that but unlike our our, our societies are so big so we have super societies but instead of just talking with people about why you don't like someone we have things like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, insert any kind of, you know, uh, social media. And we just have mobs of people canceling people that way. But unlike uh, in Socrates' time where they wanted to cancel him, then they took him to court. Now people are just canceling people based on um, media influence or maybe not media influence, but group. Um, let's see. 
groups of people on social media are having the power of canceling people because the businesses of today understand that they are trying to please a certain demographic of people, whatever that is, right? Now, is that right or is that wrong? It's, it's really, really, really hard to say, right? Because first thing you have to consider, right, is that businesses can essentially get rid of people if they want to. If you show into a restaurant and you don't have a shirt or shoes on and they have a sign outside that says no shoes, no shirt, no service, you're not going to get served. And they have every right to do so as a business, right? Same with these businesses. So if they hear a whole bunch of people don't like a certain person, like let's say an actor, an actress, whatever, they have every right to or get rid of them from their company, right? I mean, that's just that's just how it is. That's how capitalism works, at least in the United States, right? But where it gets sticky is like, should we be canceling people to begin with? It's kind of a hard, hard situation. I totally understand people wanting to cancel people like Jeffrey Epstein, right? He was a terrible, terrible human being. I mean, he's dead now, but his wife, let's say Giselle. I think Giselle, Ghislaine, Maxwell, whatever she is. Horrible, horrible human being. Like, get rid of her. Be on with her. Kick her out. Kick her out the tribe. But with, I think people are getting so wrapped up in canceling a whole bunch of other people just because they're different, right? Last week on the podcast, we talked with Iman and we were talking about how we need to have hard discussions. And I think the time of hard discussions is really hard to come by now. Um, we need to we need to talk to other people and have open discussions about really hard things for a couple of reasons, right? First, it aids in creativity. If we go up and cancel people, like let's say, let's go back in time and look at Socrates. Socrates was canceled and he died. Imagine if he lived and he was able to spread much more of his philosophical ideas out there. Okay, I didn't really go into deep about what he did for philosophy, but he did kind of a lot. He really sparked modern day philosophy, or well, maybe not modern day, but he really sparked philosophy as, you know, as a, a, a way of thinking. I mean, he influenced Plato, Aristotle, all these other guys who definitely influenced today all came from him. Imagine if we had more time with him, right? And that's kind of how canceling works today too. Let's see, let's say we have, oh, perfect example. Um, one guy by the name of Jordan Peterson, okay? Very, very intelligent guy. Doesn't mean you have to agree with him on everything. I'm not really gonna go into certain things, what what's going on, what he says, but people try to cancel him, right? And in doing so, you're kind of getting rid of someone's great mind. And not that he's ever been successfully been canceled, but people have tried to do so. And in doing so, you're getting rid of a lot of creative ideas and creative modes of thinking that could be beneficial for a lot of people. So just because you don't agree with something personally, or you and your group of friends, like whatever it is, don't agree with something personally, that doesn't mean that it's not going to influence people on a large scale in a very positive manner. Now that could work negatively too, and that's where we have to examine ethics. Ethics is a big rat, like that's a, it's a, it's a rat hole, okay? You could go really deep into that thing about what the rationale for right and wrong is, 
and maybe I'll save that for another episode. But I just want to go over the risks of cancel culture just just to get people thinking, right? Because we all know that like ideally anyone canceling anyone is doing it out of the goodness of their heart or seemingly the goodness of their heart, right? They want to get rid of people that they think is are bad. You want to get rid of bad people. But I think what we're doing today is that we're just so jaded in the idea of what bad is and we're not really reflecting about what this could lead to, right? I mean, a lot of situations throughout the world, like in history, right? A lot of them happen because everyone kind of hops on these bandwagons of whatever's going on. I mean, statistically, right? If you're in any dictatorship, I, I'm not even going to say specifics. If you're in any dictatorship country, statistically saying, if let's say I'm in the United States right now, let's say the United States became a dictatorship, 95% of people end up going with the dictator, right? And why is that? It's because people tend to go with the big group as much as people say, oh, no, I'm different. I'm different. No, there's a lot of studies that go that are that is just simply not true. That is simply not true. You always go with the big group, right? But in going with the big group, especially in dictatorships like that, they end up canceling other people's ideas and thoughts for their own gain. And that's kind of like the sketchy part about council culture, right? Who is the ultimate person saying that this is good or bad? Are you just saying that you agree with this so everyone likes you? Or are you doing this because you generally don't agree? And that is something you kind of have to keep in mind when you're thinking about council culture, right? I mean, you just have to think if, <laughs> and this sounds really weird, but if this were a dictatorship, would I still be on board with this? And that sounds like a total extreme, and I know I sound pretty crazy right now, but I think that might be a good way to like think about, should I cancel this person? If, this, if everyone was thinking about this, everyone, not just you and your friends, if everyone was thinking about this, would they think this is wrong? I think we just all have to be a little bit more self-reflective. I'm I'm totally against canceling everyone. I mean, it's I think it's I think it's ridiculous personally from a society thing. I think we should just let everyone be. Let everyone have the freedom to do what they want and that's at least in the United States, seemingly Canada kind of, you know, Europe. We all have that 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 blessing of freedom, right? So let's Let's enjoy freedom, but I'm a jackass, so don't take anything I'm saying for, you know, for anything. I'm dumb, but go have hard conversations, man. It's worth it. Alrighty, guys. Um, thank you guys for listening. I kind of mumbled on and on and on and on and on and on a little bit there, but uh, I, it was just me trying to think about um, a very hard topic. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Hope to see you next week. See you.